Jesus said in Matthew 4, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He was talking to fishermen and he said this to the first four guys who he called to follow him. When you follow somebody, they're going to lead you to do the stuff that's important to them. And so we looked the first week of this message series at why we should fish, why we should try to tell others about Christ. And one of the main reasons is because this is important to Jesus. It's important to God. We decide to follow him, those of us who have made that decision. And he's going to lead us to tell others about Christ and what he does for someone who commits themselves to follow him. Another reason we tell others about Christ is because the message, our message, is not intuitive. It's not something that people figure out on their own. It has to be explained. It has to be communicated. And so that's another reason. Then last week we looked at being real, how God wants us to live the changes that he makes in our hearts and lives out before other people. And as we live those changes, he He really begins to draw other people to himself through our own testimony, through the way that we live our lives and the, the things that go on. Uh, we're not perfect like the guys, the people on the video, they were talking about the changes that the Lord made. Life is better, definitely better. But uh, not not perfect, but it gets better and better the more you walk with him. And also just another thing, uh, Stacy mentioned meeting Mark Klepsik near the first of, many of us know, you know, they ended up getting married. That's kind of one of those things that happens as well sometimes. As, uh, she is now Stacy Klepsik. So I, I found that fun, a fun part of the video. Hey, you know, they met while Stacy was moving into the dorm. Um, that kind of stuff, God makes life good. It, it turns out good as we set out to follow him. Not perfect, but good. And part of living our life as a follower of Christ before others is just being real. Boy, I struggle. It's, it's, I deal with some of the same stuff that I dealt with before. Some of the stuff Jesus sets us free from, but a lot of it we still deal with. But boy, as we turn to him, there's a tremendous amount of help and power to overcome the struggles that we face. And so we share. Today we're, we're looking at making it clear, this message, explaining it in a way that makes it clear. A Jesus follower's purpose is to communicate the good news. That's, that's our purpose for living. It's why we exist. It brings meaning to life. That's what a, a few people on that video mentioned. How you know um, David was talking about how his friend had purpose. He had meaning. And, and that's what happens as you set out to follow Christ. There's meaning to the everydays. You know, it's not just getting up, brushing your teeth, going to eat, or eating, then brushing your teeth, hopefully. Then you go to work. And, you know, you go through the same day over and over again. This assignment that we have to tell others about Christ brings purpose to our lives like nothing else. In Acts 20, Paul was recapping his ministry, his life. He was talking to the leaders of a church in Ephesus that he started uh, back in the first century. And at one point he says this, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This is why we have to, to tell 
others the message. That's why we have to communicate it. It's the grace of God that's at the heart of this message. It's not based on making ourselves better, self-improvement, cleaning ourselves up so that we'll be presentable to God. It's based on the grace of God, a favor that we do not earn. His kindness that he gives to us that we cannot earn. And that's, that's not something, what makes sense to us natively is you work hard, you try to please God, you try to be acceptable to him, you clean yourself up, and then you present yourself and hopefully you're all right. But it's really the grace of God that found a way to bring us into a friendship with him. Now, some followers have the wrong idea. They think that our job is to communicate this message in a way that sort of twists the arm of those around them or pressures them to accept it, to, okay, I'm just going to, you're right. But our assignment is to communicate the message in a way that people can clearly understand it. We're more like a delivery person than a male, than a, uh, we're more like a delivery person than a salesperson in, in this role. We're, we're delivering the, the good news. Our, our role is to understand it so that we can communicate it clearly. Many people who have rejected Christ, I think they've rejected a distortion of him. People who have rejected Christianity, I think many times they, it's not the real thing they've re- rejected. It's, it's sort of a caricature of Christ or a cartoon figure or, or worse, you know, an evil cartoon figure or something that, that has been blown up in their minds. How many times have you heard a rumor, either in the family or at the office or in the neighborhood, wherever, at school, you've heard this rumor and then you go to the source of the problem or the, the, that the rumor is about, and the real story is nothing like what you heard. How many times has that happened? Well, that's what happens with Jesus. Hey, we, we hear these little tidbits here and there. People hear things. They see things. You watch, they watch the media and you think Christians are nuts. You know, they're the crazy screamer people with the bullhorns and things. And so there's this image of Christianity and people who follow Christ that is not accurate. Our role is to communicate that message in a way that makes sense to people. It's one of our major assignments. It's the core of of our purpose for living is is to make sure that people get the real story, that they're not just, you know, hearing the rumor and, and wondering about it. But to do that, we must know the message. We have to know it ourselves to make it clear. Paul says in the same conversation, in the same talk with the the leaders of that church in Ephesus, Paul says this, I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike. In other words, everybody gets in the same way. doesn't matter what your background, doesn't matter. It's the same message. Everybody gets in the same way. And this is his message. It's necessary to repent from sin and turn to God and have faith in our Lord Jesus. This is the core message of the Bible. Now, the Bible is complicated at times. I mean, you can can get bogged down and you're wondering, I wonder why they're mentioning this. Why did they bring this up? And it, 
sometimes for us to put the pieces of the Bible together, it's complicated, but the core message, the gospel, the good news that we have to share is not complicated. It's very simple. Paul can, he can, he can recap that message in less than a sentence. This is the message I've shared, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in, Lord, in our Lord Jesus. That's his message. It's simple. It's a very, very simple message to understand and communicate. Now, the Bible is complicated for a reason because God is telling his story of how he really loves people, the people that he made, and he wants them to, to come to know him. And, and so the Bible is written to sort of set up the entrance of Jesus Christ into the world so it'll make sense that somebody had to pay for our sin. That's, that's why the Bible was written, is, is to, to point to Christ and him coming so that that would make sense to us. So there's a reason that it, it's complicated, but the main story is not that complicated. Here's a, here's a Reader's Digest version. I just want to go over it again. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, this is what you'd need to know in order to do that. We, we looked at this several times in the month of May, but I'd like to go over it again. This is a condensed version of the good news. And here it is. The Bible says that God loves you and I and wants all of us to experience abundant life, which is the best kind of life we can possibly experience. But rather than turning to God... Every one of us began to sin, going our own way, trying to be our own boss. The result of that is our separation from God. The Bible says that sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the life and the freedom that God desires for us to experience, people are actually dead spiritually and in bondage to the enemy. To be dead spiritually means you're cut off from knowing God personally. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin and was raised from the dead. The Bible says that all people without Jesus are destined for hell, but those who repent, turn around and yield their life to Jesus' boss of their life will become the children of God and experience the life and freedom God desires for them. That's, that's the core message. Very simple. This is what we need to know if we're going to communicate the message to those around us. God is loving. He loves us. He's also holy, which means he's pure. He is so pure that everything else now since we decided to sin is, is, is impure in comparison. So we, he is holy. He's pure. He's just, which means that rebellion must be punished. It must be there must be a payment made for the rebellion. God loves us. We have gone our own way. That's why we need to repent. We're walking away from God. To repent means to turn and walk toward God. Doesn't mean that you're 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 perfect in your walk toward him. You go but in, that's the direction of your life. You're turning around to go his direction. Our problem is we've rebelled. We need to turn around and follow him. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. God is just. There had to be a payment. He paid the price. And now you and I 
can have the life that he offers as we turn around and put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was saying. It's necessary to repent because we've rebelled against God and turn around to God and put our faith in him. That means you completely trust him with your life. Like you're, you, you all who are sitting in chairs, which is most everybody in the room, I think, you're trusting that chair to hold your weight. That's what it means to trust Christ. You put your entire life in his hands. I'm going to follow teaching. I'm going to follow his. I'm going to, I'm going to handle my money the way he wants me to. I'm going to handle my relationships in the same way. <clears throat> I'm going to do work. I'm going to do school. Whatever it is, I'm trusting him. Not me any longer. I'm trusting him. That's the core message. That's the message that we're to share with those around us. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to share the hope that is in you when anybody asks you about it. Do this, though, with gentleness and respect. We have to get a grasp on that message before we can give it away. We have to grasp it. I remember way back when... uh, (laughs) That's funny. Sorry, I sound sound like an old guy, but it was about 30, 30 plus years ago. When I got serious about sharing my faith with people, about telling others about Christ, one of the very first things I did, it was so long ago that I can't remember if this was the first thing or not, but one of the very first things I did was I looked at an explanation like the one I just went through and like the one that's in this little booklet. There's a little booklet in your program, and it's a little more comprehensive explanation of the core message of the Bible the good news of the Bible. But I remember reading through that, and I thought, and I would ask questions, why is that important? I wonder why I need to tell other people about that. What kind of questions, as I, as I, as I lay this out for someone, what needs to make sense to me so I can help it make sense to them? What kind of questions are they going So I just kind of went through a, one of the messages, one of the gospel presentations, and I started soaking it in because I'm thinking, if I'm going to share this with everybody else, it's got to make complete sense to me. And so that's what I did. That's why one of these is in your program. So you can go go home and read through it and ask those kind of, why is that important? I wonder why it says that. What, what is is that going to make sense to people? How does that make sense? It's, it, it needs to make sense to you. If it makes sense to you, then you can explain it to the people around you as, as you have an opportunity to do that. So we gave everybody one of these. If you don't yet follow Christ, this, this will explain it. Read through it. Ask questions of the person who brought you. Uh, ask us. You know, let us know about your questions. We this is why we exist as a congregation to get this message out, and we'd love for you to um, understand it. And then if you're a follower of Christ, read through this and, and soak it in. Understand it so that you can begin to let, let people know. If you don't know where you're going with sharing this message, you're not going to open your mouth. It's the way I am. I'm, I'm an introvert. I had to learn how to carry on just a basic conversation when I was starting to 
to grow up and be a man. I just had to learn how, how do you initiate a conversation? How do you carry it on? How do you have a dialogue with somebody? But if, if the, the other thing that happened when I got to the point where I was getting serious about telling others about Christ is I, I had to know the message. I had to know how I was going to tell others what I was going to say because I wasn't going to open my mouth in the first place if I was going to get stuck midstream and not know where to end up. I had to know. So this is important. Get, get, a, get a plan down. Learn it. Get prepared so that you don't get lost. It's like when you go to the mall, you know, you're trying to find a store. You don't want to take forever. You go to the directory. And then you, you chart your course. That's, that's what we do as we're getting prepared to share uh, the message of Christ. That's why we have had these trainings this summer. Um, followers of Christ, they know the message and they look for open doors to tell others about Christ. Col- Colossians 4, this is Paul, same guy that uh, was talking to the leaders in, in Ephesus. He says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Here's what this passage says. Pray. See the open door. Proclaim the message clearly. Walk through that door. You know, we can knock on doors by learning how to start spiritual conversations with people. We can, we can by taking initiative in conversations, we, we can learn to open doors or knock on them to see if a person's open to talking about spiritual things. There's a great chapter, if you're interested in learning how to do this, in a book called Becoming a Contagious Christian by Bill Hybels. There's a great chapter called Starting Spiritual Conversations. Just thought I'd throw that out there. It's Bill Hybels and Mark Middleberg. Many of us never talk about the thing that's the most important to us because we're afraid. We don't know what we're going to say, how we're going to say it. We've got to get prepared. This is an important message that God has entrusted to us. It's not like hitting forward on an email. You know, you get an email. Oh, that's, I like that email. I think I'll forward it to my family and friends. You know, you hit so you forward it. It goes out. That's, that's not how this message works. We have to live it, and then we tell it. We live it and tell it. We live the changes God makes in our lives, and then we tell the people around us about those changes. There are two basic ways that we can convey this message to others. We tell others what God has done for me, and we tell others what God has done for all. David said this in Psalm 66, Come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. People love stories. David's saying, I'm, I'm going to tell others about what God has done for me. People love those stories. People listen to your story who will never listen to a sermon. People listen to your story who will never show up in this place right here and now. The first thing may be for you to just tell them about what Christ has done. Here's some examples of people telling their story from the New Testament. Uh, the woman at the well, John 4:39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. The woman went back to town. She had a conversation, a dialogue with Jesus where 
He showed her the truth about herself, something she hadn't even realized. And he showed her the truth about God. And so she just simply went back to the town and said, this guy's amazing. This is what happened. This is what he told me. This, this is what he did. And the town, they investigated, and many of them believed as well. There's also a man born blind that Jesus healed who shared his testimony. He told others about what Jesus did. I'd like to just show this kind of a fun clip from Jesus of Nazareth that shows this scene, and then I'd like to tell you what happens immediately following this scene. But let's watch this, this clip. Don't touch me! Don't touch me, I say! Blessed man was born blind. He's accepted his life the way it is. Why then change it? He lives in darkness. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Oh, don't leave my eyes alone! I don't want you to touch them! No, don't touch my eyes! Oh, ah! You are hurting me! They're burning! What have you done to them? What have you put on them? Uh, Go and wash his eyes. The monster has killed the blind man! Uh, you see? He didn't kill yet! <laughs> Give him a good walk! He's <laughs> <laughs> all his life! Go <laughs> 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 him Give him a good walk! <laughs> I can see. I I, I have a flight anymore. I, I can see you. You. I, I, I can see brothers. Brothers. I'm not blind anymore. I can see everything. Now I know what it means. That's amazing. That that happened first century. You know, one of the things about movies is you can watch them, you can decide how you would have done that. I, I wouldn't have had Jesus saying, he lives in darkness. I think he was a lot more normal than that. He's like, you know, he, he lives in darkness. He can't see. He can't see. I'm going to heal him right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Um, but that that's an amazing thing. You know what happened right after the scene? We saw one of the guys looking on was a Pharisee, the leader, the religious leaders who were trying to squash the Jesus movement, they call the blind, the man who had been blind from birth, they call him into a meeting, into a council, and they ask him what happened. And he says, well, this is what happened. You know, he put mud on my eyes. He told me to go wash my eyes. I washed my eyes. I could see. And it was on the Sabbath. So they were being a little ticky-tack because they're trying to look for a way to, you know, knock Jesus and take him down. And, oh, well, he healed on the Sabbath. What an evil guy. Yeah, so they're, they're looking for a reason to put him down. And, and the, the, the blind man's just saying, I don't know. I don't care about that. I can see. And they bring his parents in, the blind man's parents. They come in. They say, hey, what, 
What happened? And they, they say, well, he's our son. And yes, he was born blind, but now he can see. And I don't know how that happened. They didn't want, out of fear, they didn't want to admit who did that. So they bring the blind man in again. And this is what he says. He says, whether he is the sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And they press him with a couple other questions. And then later on, it's great because the, the, the man who was healed says, now that is remarkable. You're, you're picking on the man who healed me. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. Does it make sense that he's an evil man? He healed me. Does it make sense that he's not from God? God listens to godly men who do his will. He doesn't listen to sinners. You can't argue with someone's testimony. Pharisees were trying, but this really happened to him. God has made a difference. If you've decided to follow Christ, he has made a difference in your life. And as you tell others about the difference he's made, they can't argue with that. People will listen to your story in a way they won't listen to other things. Peter and John, we looked at this the first week of this series, Acts 4.20. They say, we cannot stop telling about the wonderful things we saw Jesus do and heard him say. This same, they, they're called for preaching about Jesus. They're called before the same group of men, the, the Pharisees, the leaders, the religious leaders who are trying to squash the movement. They say, look, we can't help but talk about what we've seen and what we've heard. These guys will not back down from religious powers who can take them out, who can squash them. And the reason they can't be quiet is because they've experienced the change that Jesus brings in life. They've experienced what he's done. And you have the same thing going on. If you've decided to follow Christ, he's made changes in you. And you actually can be a lot more effective than I can. Me, Randy Lanthrop, in telling your testimony, because I'm sort of like the, the adults in the Charlie Brown cartoons, wah, 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 wah. You know, people expect me to say this stuff. They expect me to because I'm paid to do it. But you, if you're a serious follower of Christ who's turned around and decided to walk with him, and you're telling others about the change that he's made in your life, you have a much broader impact, much greater impact than I do. We can't stop telling about what we've seen and heard. So we tell others what, what God has done for me, and we tell others what the Lord has done for all. That's the other thing we do. Romans 10, 14 through 15 says, But how can they call on him to save them, speaking of Jesus, unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them? Without being sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. That's us. God leaves it up to us. We're the ones, his followers. We're sent to tell this message, to explain it, to understand it ourselves so that we can make sense of it to the people around us. We can't just forward the email. We have to live it and tell it to the people around we're going to be, I'm going to be wrapping up the message, and we're going to be receiving our offering here in a few moments.
But before we do that, I'd like to lay out some next steps uh, that you could take to follow through on this message this morning. One of those would be to memorize Acts 20.21, the, the brief summary that Paul gave of his message, which is the core message of Christianity. Um, <clears throat> he, he shared it with Jews and Greeks alike the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in the Lord Jesus. Um, That's one thing you can do is memorize that just to remind yourself of that message. Also, another step is I I will decide to follow Christ for the very first time. Maybe you haven't yet decided to give your life to Christ, to put your faith in him, to trust him with your life, and you're ready to do that today. You could could let us know you're taking that step, and we'd, we'd love to help you. Uh, give you some stuff, send some stuff to you that would really help make sense of that for you. Um, this week, I will get to know the message better by reading Two Ways to Live. Very, very helpful summary of the gospel, explanation of the gospel. I'm going to read through that and ask questions, try to figure out why it says what it does, and make sense of it myself. And then, finally, I will look for open doors to give testimony this week. And also, I want to and you could sign up and plan to attend the e-training, the How to Fish on July 11th. That's, that's coming up next week. So uh, let us know if you're ready to take some of those steps and drop, it in, drop that card in the offering when it comes by. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that guides us. We thank you for the assignment you've given us that stretches us, that makes life an adventure. Thank you, God, for the way that you work and for the, <clears throat> the things that you provide, the power that you give so that we can tell others. Thank you for your kindness and your grace that found a way to pay for our sin in Jesus Christ. Help us to, to tell others about this and about the changes you've brought in our own lives, God. We ask for your help in all this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.